tuned in to the Community Cats Podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats Podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I have been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we are listening to part two of our interview with Mary Smith and Sheila Darpino of Maddie's Fund. I hope you enjoy the show. It seems like with the strategy, and maybe this is not intentional, maybe it is, but it seems that there is an interest now to give out some smaller grant opportunities like these incentive grants, maybe being able to help some of the littler organizations or the smaller organizations that are out there doing just TNR, that maybe there's a way for Maddie's to be able to help them. One of the things that we've tried to do, Stacey, along those lines with our innovation grants is provide, as you said, these smaller opportunities. Innovation grants are up to $5,000 to help small groups, medium-sized groups, and even some of the larger groups do something that they'd never done before to help them to, I don't want to use the word progressive. I think that's overdone. But, you know, oftentimes in an organization, you keep doing the same thing over and over and you keep, you expect different results, but that's never going to happen. And a lot of times it's just a matter of doing something a little bit different. And that's the beauty of the five initiatives that Sheila talked about, because they all represent sort of tried and true programs that are out there that lots and lots of groups are already working successfully and achieving some really phenomenal life-saving results. But you don't have enough resources to pilot something like that in your own organization. And an innovation grant could give you those resources. So what we're looking for is just being able to put out as many opportunities as we can to help groups to think about what's holding you back and then to be able to take that step towards really thinking creatively, what can I do to ramp up my life saving? You know, when you asked us, what's the definition for no kill? These days we talk about communities that are at a 90% or better uh, live release rate. And the, the beauty of that is not so much the 90%, but it's just that people are thinking of actual percentages, you know, something that you can increase. And so if you have some additional resources to implement some different kind of programming that will allow you to do that, at the end of the day, you know, it increases everybody's quality of life. I love the innovation grant idea. So I was just going to add on a little bit to your question about helping the smaller groups. Our view is that the problems with shelters are a community problem. They're problems of our whole community. And the solution to homeless pets is a community solution. So we definitely are supporting what you say in terms of helping these smaller groups because it's just it's not just the bigger groups that are going to solve the problem and get us to no kill. It's the smaller groups. And so we want to support our entire community as much as we can. I would be interested to know if over the last 20 years, you know, how many animal welfare groups have been formed that still operate with revenues under $100,000 a year? I, I would think there's probably quite a few all across the country. I mean, I 
in Massachusetts, I could probably point to 75 or 100, probably up to that amount. I mean, there's huge growth in creating a nonprofit. It became easier to develop a nonprofit over the last 20 years. Yeah, and it, it is a very big number. We've done a number of surveys looking at different groups across the United States. And every survey that we do, the vast majority of organizations that respond are the smaller organizations. What I think is very cool about these innovation grants, too, it's it's like being an entrepreneur. You try different things, and obviously sometimes projects fail, but then sometimes they succeed, and then some even super succeed. And that helps become a new model for us all to follow. So my assumption is this is a way for Maddie's to be able to listen and learn as to what ideas organizations have all across the country. Exactly, Stacey. And I think that it's not so much about trying to invent yet another new program, but it's just being able to share the results of programs that are working with people and organizations so they can decide for themselves if this is something they want to do. You know, in our education programs, our webcasts for the last few years have really been a huge resource for organizations to take a deep dive in some of the other programs and services that are available, things that are happening all across the country to find out how they are doing what they're doing and how it could apply for them. And we're very, very proud of that program. We've also started an apprenticeship program so people could actually spend time working one-on-one with people from organizations that have successful programs, because, you know, there's nothing like that sticky experience where you have some online content, but you also have the on-site experience and to be able to really see how things work and then be able to go back to your own community. I think the first apprenticeship we did was a barn cap program with Austin Pets Alive and Oakland Animal Services actually sent somebody to Austin. They spent days working with the barn cap person at Austin and then came back to Oakland and started a program there. That's great. I think the apprenticeship idea is fantastic. I saw the recent posting, I believe, about ringworm and learning how to not be afraid of that one. I, I don't think I'm a candidate because I'm not in the trenches anymore, but I would love to be a fly on the wall for that one. So Sheila, I'd like to touch base with you a little bit about what current research initiatives Maddie's is doing. I'd love to talk about that. So there's two types of grants that we're giving out with regard to research. The first is that we've started what we're calling Maddie's Idea Lab. And our Idea Lab is a place to test and incubate ideas. So a shelter or a research scientist comes to us with an idea that is going to help life-saving the utilization of foster care or animal welfare leadership. And if we think that's a good idea, we give a grant for that idea. It's tested in our idea lab or through a grant from our idea lab, I should say. And if that idea is successful, it then goes on and can be tested at a couple of shelters or rescue organizations. And if successful at that level, it can be tested at many more locations. So taking someone's really good idea, testing it, and if it works, expanding it across the United States. And that's our idea lab. And then we're also going to be giving out straight research grants for more basic research and projects that don't necessarily fall into the idea lab concept. With regard to community cats, we've had a number of wonderful people come to us with ideas about community cats. And we are starting a community cat working group 
getting a team of experts together to talk about community cat research projects. We're really interested in supporting two different types of projects. One is a census-based data project. So people wonder what happens to these cats over the long term. And there's lots of modeling that's been done and programs that have been tested in isolated areas, but getting much broader and larger programs looking at what's happening to these groups of cats over the long term. So census-based projects is one of the things this working group is going to be working on. And the other is going to be talking about a project to look at the long-term health and welfare of community cats, because obviously that's another big concern of people who oppose the community cat idea is that their health and welfare suffers. So we don't know whether that's true or whether it's not true, and research will help to get us some answers to help these cats. Very interesting. In Newburyport, in our colony that we managed that had started out as 300 cats, and then by 2008, there are no cats on the waterfront at this point in time. Many, many, many cats from that colony aged 15, 16, 17, 18 years of age with our dedicated feeders. So we have a lot of tribal knowledge about dealing with an aging feral cat colony, and we have a lot of support for those cats. So it'll be interesting to see how that research takes shape. We're certainly very excited about it because there is a lot of, as you described, tribal knowledge out there, people, what what people have experienced anecdotally. But until we have research that is published in a peer-reviewed journal that addresses some of these specific questions, and obviously there's a lot of research that's been done already, but we're hoping to target things more specifically. That's very interesting. You'll have to update us and let us know how the research progresses. Certainly will. And the the one other thing to talk to you about with regard to research is that we're also forming Maddie's Research Network. And this is going to be an online network of people who can contribute ideas, upvote or downvote ideas. It's going to be research scientists as well as animal shelter directors and managers and rescue groups as well. So a place where everybody can come together and discuss ideas that are going to help to promote life-saving. And for the purpose of this discussion, community cats will obviously be involved as well. So we're really excited about that. And we're going to be start accepting signups for that in the next couple of months. And now let's take a moment to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Accidental Exiles by Bruce Perry. Jesse McAllister, a young Texan and a rock war vet, escapes to Europe where he seeks a new direction and to heal his desert wounds. Wandering the streets of Ascona, Switzerland, he meets and falls in love with a beautiful Italian waitress named Sonia Altarelli. Since the horrors of combat he encountered with a boyhood friend, Jesse will have nothing more to do with war. This story is his farewell to arms. Check out Accidental Exiles on Amazon.com today. Community Cats podcast founder Stacey LeBaron doesn't just talk the talk, she walks the walk. Stacey is available to provide customized consulting for your group to help you increase your effectiveness and develop an action plan for improving the lives of cats in your community. Working with you, Stacey will develop a consulting plan that meets your needs, including visioning workshops for your staff, board, or volunteers. For more information, you can contact Stacy directly. Email Stacy at communitycatspodcast.com or visit our website and click on the education menu. Let's join forces to make the world a better place for community cats. So I'm going to ask both Sheila and Mary to answer this question. 
Knowing what has happened for Community Cats looking back and then looking forward from what you've seen all across the country over the next five to 10 years, what do you think life will be like for Community Cats? I think life for Community Cats is going to be very different in many communities. We're seeing a number of communities across the United States where live release rates for cats are higher than dogs. And that was something that I couldn't envision a couple of years ago, but it's happening now. And I think as more and more communities start to embrace the ideas behind the Million Cat Challenge, we're going to see this happen in more and more places. And our community cats are going to have much better opportunities to live long and happy lives. I agree with Sheila. The idea that the best solution we can come up with is some kind of confinement, it's just not acceptable anymore. And the idea of being able to move beyond the, I think, traditional sheltering model is has huge appeal to us. I mean, Sheila talked about uh, foster care. That actually is something very, very important to us. To be able to offer a solution that's home-based as opposed to the kind of confinement that we have in shelters is really solutions that we want to work on, as well as being able to, you know, within communities, provide more and different resources for uh, veterinary care and vet services that will, you know, appeal to larger and larger groups of people. Veterinary care can't just be something that rich people provide for their pets. It really needs to be something that we can provide to all of our pets, those that, you know, live in our homes and those that live in our neighborhoods. And to the extent that Maddie's Fund can come up with solutions and can work with communities and organizations that have solutions and provide them with additional resources to be able to do more, that's really what, you know, gets us up in the morning. I I think the next 10 years are going to be dynamically changing for community cats. Just it seems that there's so much going on around the country in in so many different ways from dealing with neonatal kittens, you're talking about foster care. There's now DIY kittens, so the the semi-feral kittens that need help with some socialization instead of having them go to foster care, they get adopted out with mentoring and advice to the new cat owners. It's really interesting to just see all the different programs and different niches that everybody operates in with the whole common goal of helping community cats. And I feel like we are either we've been at a tipping point or we're at a tipping point where I think this is just going to start exponentially moving across the country. I agree, Stacey. I think that, you know, one of the things that we started looking at is really sort of focusing on the public. What's the public need in order to save animal lives, right? Life-saving shouldn't be something that's just confined to a shelter or to a rescue group. It really needs to be something that is embraced by all of us. And what can we do to make that happen? You know, it used to be people would go to the shelters to find their pets that were lost, not the cats, but the dogs. But these days, what do people use? They go on next door. My husband is constantly telling me about the dogs and cats that are in our neighborhood because he reads about them all on next door. So if there's a dog running here or if there's a cat in trouble there, I mean, people are coming together in these virtual communities to be able to provide a safety net of care that we never imagined, you know, 15 years ago. The virtual world is continuing to grow for animal welfare, certainly, and obviously for cats. I mean, we initially started out with Pet Finder, but now this has, it's got a life of its own. We are being able to solve our community concerns 
virtually rather than having to call our local shelter or even call our animal control officer. In fact, one of the things that we were talking about is maybe we should get Google to give a donation every time a cat video is played on the internet, (laughs) right? And that could support a fund for community cats globally because if it weren't for cats, I mean, my God, we'd actually all have to do work at our desk. <laughs> That's a and we wouldn't fantastic fundraiser. Yeah. As much laughter as we do, because it certainly makes me happy. Super idea. That's great. You'll have to chat with the folks at Google about that one. Mary, how can people find you, find out more about Maddie's Fund, find out more about these programs? Well, we'd love everybody to go to our website, which is maddiesfund.org. And we have a lot of information there, whether you're just a person that wants to find out more information or you're a rescue group, an animal control agency, a university, I mean, whatever. We would just love you to come to our website. And when you're at our website, sign up to be part of the Maddie Network. That's going to give you access to lots of information about grant opportunities, about our webcasts, about our research programs, about all the great information that we have there. And as far as reaching out to me or to Sheila, it's literally Mary at Maddie'sFun.org, Sheila at Maddie'sFun.org. We try to make it as easy as possible for people to reach us. And you're also at pretty much every conference out there. Well, it looks like we are these days. (laughs) So absolutely stop by our booth or whatnot. And sometimes it's just as old fashioned as picking up the phone and calling somebody. And I think I almost remember my phone number, which is 925-310-5455. And if you call that number, you can reach me or some coworker whose number I've just given out. (laughs) (laughs) Mary, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? I think that we would encourage people to not be afraid to do something different on behalf of the animals in their care, whether it's the animal that you call your pet or the animal that you're part of a group that's trying to rescue and to make a better life for. It's important that we actually not be afraid to fail. Some things won't work, but there are lessons to be learned from that. And the whole idea is if we're going to fail, let's fail fast. And then let's do the next thing that we think might work. And there is a network of people, millions of people out there who are facing probably similar issues that you are. And that if we can um, be part of the Maddie's Network, be part of Maddie's Fund, listen to your podcast, Stacy. there's tons of information out there that can help you feel more connected, provide you with solutions that, you know, maybe on your own, you couldn't come up with. Sheila, any last points to put out there? I don't think I have much to add on to what Mary said, because she certainly said some wonderful things. But I have to jump in briefly from a behavior standpoint, because that's my background. And with regard to community cats, when we keep cats indoors, we certainly keep them or we probably keep them safer by protecting them from things. But there are also behavior problems that arise from being confined indoors all the time. And I think the idea of thinking about and supporting the idea that cats can live out in our communities and have wonderfully happy lives where they are very fulfilled is very, very important. And thinking about these cats' welfare so that we can help and support them is something that I am a huge proponent of and why I'm very happy that you're doing these podcasts and talking to everybody about helping community cats. 
Well, Mary and Sheila, I want to thank you both so much for agreeing to be guests on my show today, and I hope we'll be able to have you on in the future. Thanks, Stacey. Thank you. We're glad to be here. Thank you for listening to the Community Cats podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes and leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats. 